This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Our scripture this morning is the Holy Gospel according to Luke, Luke 21, 25 to 36. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away, but my words. Truly this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. For the Word of God in Scripture, for the Word of God among us, for the Word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Well, this is the second time in recent weeks that we've heard Jesus speaking in apocalyptic language. Language, really, that we're not used to, to hearing. Uh, language that's the stuff of rapture, uh, theology, and left-behind books. But we have to remember that apocalyptic language was the language of the oppressed in difficult times. It was a way to give imagery to the feelings that a people who were beaten down had been holding within themselves. When it feels like there isn't hope, that you're under the thumb of forces more powerful than you, when you feel like you can't do anything to change the situation that you are in, you need to hear words like this. Words that, as Richard Rohr put it, unveil a deeper reality. Martin Luther King Jr. once said that a riot is the language of the oppressed. A riot is the language of the oppressed. And we might say something similar about poetry. Poetry has a similar power. And in the foreword to the book, Ink Knows No Borders, Poems of the Immigrant and Refugee Experience, Javier Zamora talks about the power of poetry in his own life. He says, I'd lived a childhood in El Salvador but like Lee Young Lee says in his poem, A Hymn to Childhood, I just didn't know which childhood that had been. 
Was it one that would never end, one that I would never escape? I knew for certain it was one that didn't last. It ended too soon. I traded hide and seek with my friends for real life hiding from the authorities in boats, under buses, under bushes. And you just hear the pain as he recalls a childhood taken from him too soon. What guided me, he says, was the hope of seeing my parents again, that I would finally meet the father that had left me when I was about to turn two. The father who had once held me on his shoulders as he ran on the soccer field before his game. On the page, because of poetry, I could write that reality, those images I'd heard about. I could replay mom's palms caressing my head before I went to bed. Poetry, he says, let me tap into these and other memories. It let me tap into everything I've revealed to you now. There's that word revealing again. Connection to apocalyptic. It's taught me, poetry, that it's okay to open up. It's okay to look inward, to hold those around us accountable for their actions. Taught me that speaking out is the beginning of healing. I thank my parents for listening to my poems, even though the poems were not nice to them. I'm not saying I have completely healed. I'm not saying poetry can fix everything, because it hasn't. But it was the beginning, the constant thing, on the road to my own healing. Beautiful words on the power of poetry from Javier Zamora. And so there's a bit of reading between the lines as we approach a text like ours in the Gospel of Luke today. A text, of course, written to people living in darkness and uncertainty and the threat of the Roman Empire always looming over them. Advent, in many ways, is a season of expectation and hope in the midst of darkness. And so our text couldn't be more fitting today as we kick off the season of Advent. A time of looking ahead with anticipation and hope toward the birth of a child, the birth of a child really born in obscurity, who unexpectedly shone with such brightness, light into a world in darkness. And we too, friends, continue to live in uncertain times. A year ago, just a year ago, we did our first Sunday of Advent online service from up north, right up here. Uh, and it was one in a series of, you know, endless online services. Although not long after that, earlier this year, vaccines, I should say hope arrived in the form of vaccines, right? And life began to return to a bit more of the normal that we're used to. But now, sadly, as we know, the pandemic is resurgent. Case counts are way up as high as they've been at any point, at least locally, during this entire pandemic. It's enough to make you cry. People we know and love are getting sick. Some are even dying. And even still, there are folks insistent on ignoring basic safety practices and pretending this whole thing is, is not even real and is no big deal. On other fronts, we've been reminded of the lack of justice 
in this nation for people of color. We've been reminded that if you're black, it's not safe to just go out for a jog. But if you're white, you can carry deadly weapons into a Black Lives Matter protest, kill people, and be exonerated on all counts. It's so deflating. So deflating. And just last weekend in Holland and across the country, we remembered the 47 people who've been killed in the past year due to anti-transgender violence. People who committed no crime other than living as their truest selves, and it cost them their lives. So yeah, Jesus' language is unfamiliar to us as it seems. It still speaks to us today. There is distress on the earth and signs in the sky, in the pounding of waves, in the roaring of the sea. There is the pounding in our own hearts as we send our kids to school amid an ongoing pandemic and often to schools that seem insistent on doing the least possible to keep everyone safe. There is the pounding in our hearts when another verdict, another verdict for a white crime of violence is impending. There's the pounding in our hearts when we get reports on the changing climate. And last summer, again, we saw record high temperatures in so many cities across the world. And it is in the midst of all of this uncertainty that the season of Advent reminds us to light a candle of hope. To light a candle and rest in the promise of hope. And it is into this uncertainty with our pounding hearts that Jesus calls us to breathe deeply. And he says, stand up, lift up your heads. It can feel like the world is ending, but that is the moment to stand up. That is the moment to lift our heads and to be grounded in hope. And Jesus says, heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass away. In other words, everything may go to you know what, but Jesus' words still hold true. It is precisely when the world seems to be ending that it is still the time to love our neighbor, even and especially the ones who frustrate and confound us. It is still the time to do our part to keep our neighbors safe, even those who won't do the least bit themselves. It is still the time to practice peacemaking, even when violence abounds. It is still the time to put our trust aside. To put, sorry, to put our trust in God and set our worry aside. Because who of us, by worrying, can add a single moment to our lives? And as we noted at the outset, it is time to listen, not to those who wield power, but to the poets. And so hear these words, powerful words in a poem by Langston Hughes. I look at the world from awakening eyes in a black face, and this is what I see this fenced-off, narrow space assigned to me. I look then at the silly walls 
through dark eyes in a dark face. And this is what I know, that all the walls this oppression builds, they will have to go. I look at my own body with eyes no longer blind, and I see that my own hands can make the world that's in my mind. Then let us hurry, comrades, the road to find. <clears throat> or as the Apostle Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Amen. And may it be so. invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.